0: It is time for our defender discussions and we postponed last week's just simply because of the busyness of everything. A little bit of snow mixed in and uh, part of our staff is down in Florida. The other part of our staff on Thursday was in a car headed back from Tennessee and well we've got uh, we've got Matt back but uh, Ian's still in Florida taking part in the baseball spring break trip but Matt Boss joins me for Defender Discussions for Monday, March 13. Here we are almost halfway through March, Matt, and uh, last couple of weeks have been a blur of uh, busyness and a lot of activity, and you've been able to take part in that. But uh, busy, but good, I would say.
1: Great great couple of weeks for the Defender athletic teams. And success, a lot of success. Makes time fly. A lot of miles put in, but, uh, um, yeah, safe. Safe travels, and it's just been a great couple of weeks.
0: Let's rewind back to, and we have not talked since indoor track and field. And you go ahead, and you can pull some of that information up. I'll talk in more general terms and impressions, and you can give some more details because you were down there for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Brookings now ten days ago or so, and the uh, NAI National Championship once again, fantastic performances straight across the board. I've always said that is the one sport and sign Altna who is the coach here that was the one sport where he said you're going to see future Olympians in action or current Olympians in action at the NAI National Championships in track and field and this year no different in that you have Olympic qualifying type performances at the NAI National Championships.
1: Oh most definitely and someone up there even said you know track is the one sport where you know, you can go out and compete and have Olympic-type times. It doesn't matter if you're at the NAI level, NCAA Division One times are times, no matter where it is. Stopwatch doesn't lie and The tape measure doesn't stretch. Correct. And just a non-DORT entry that I'd like to highlight is that uh, the freshman from Huntington, she went out and won five events. Four individual, and she anchored the winning DMR. She scored 50 points. By herself. By herself. Now, relay, you have to share that, so it's like 42 and a half, but she ran the longest of the DMR, and she didn't have the lead. She was in fifth place, and by the the end of the race, she was in first. Just a freshman, a true freshman from Huntington. And the story on her, and I digress, but she was going to go to Colorado, I believe, but she was a local gal right in Huntington's backyard and just got second thoughts and wound up at Huntington. And, and her times were just unbelievable. She she won the 6, the 8, the mile, and the 3,000. All of those finals are on Saturday, mm-hmm. all on Saturday. It was yeah. just unbelievable.
0: And, and in all of those races, it's not only that the finals were on Saturday, you've got to get to the finals, and I understand you can play the games and just get there, but to get there in those races
1: you can't you
0: can't dog it and qualify
1: no you can't and she didn't she may have finished second in one of the qualifiers but every other time she won and in one of those i think it was the second race the thousand she set the record a championship record i mean it was just outstanding it was fun to watch sure fun to watch
0: let's talk about dort athletics and let's begin with the men and they end up in third place in the team race and uh Boy, you, you get done with that. And I mean, it's human nature to look back and say, well, if a point here and a point there and somebody here and somebody there, that's human nature. But that's not the reality of it. And uh, you take it as it comes. And the Dort men entered the 4x4 with an opportunity to win the national championship. Now, they're not the favorite by any means in the 4x4, but to be in that position with the last race coming up was a tremendous spot for this team to be in.
1: Yeah, you can't ask for anything more, Mike. It was just a great effort by by uh, the defender men, and like you said, a shot to win the national championship in that 4x4 four four made it a great race, Now, and Southeastern ended up winning the title, and they won the 4x4 four four overwhelmingly, but what a job by the by Levi Skelhaas, Peyton Miller, Cole Zavenberg, and Peyton Malden in that 4x4. Four four. They got fourth, which is ahead of where they probably right. were prospect were picked to to finish.
0: I, I was going to say their time coming in. I think they were seventh or eighth. Yeah, and that means something because it was significant where they were seventh and eighth as well, if I remember correctly. A couple of seconds and in a couple of seconds in that race that can be twenty or
1: thirty meters. Oh, definitely. And first and second were out front. But from third to eight, I think it's less than uh, one and a half seconds separated those those teams, and Dort finished fourth. Great anchor carry by Peyton Malden. Peyton
0: Malden, the anchor carry, and kind of just appeared out of nowhere, came off the curve, and was able to uh, somehow pick up some spots. Because what was he, seventh or eighth coming off the curve? Seventh, I think. Yeah, and picked up some spots. And uh, you knew that uh, for him, a tremendous effort in that uh, you get into the relay, and he he hasn't always felt great at the conclusion of some of his relay legs but this one he did I'm sure
1: right and what you what you said about running prelims he had a busy championship already and he you have to give maximum effort at this kind of at this level of competition and Peyton to do that and just overtaking four, uh, three, four guys in the in the final 60 was just an outstanding effort.
0: The unsung hero of this championship, and the coaches kind of talked about this, and this is the danger. You start talking about individuals when you have a tremendous team event, but Peyton Miller, um, mm-hmm. just he, he showed up and ran great legs in relays and gave the depth and gave the defenders an opportunity to score points.
1: Oh, definitely. Peyton was on the four by four and the four by eight. And because he's there, maybe you don't have to run a Cole Zavenbergen in. Uh, a prelim and you can keep him fresh for the six or that's just one example but Peyton did an outstanding job in both of those carries and he's a very talented runner for the defenders.
0: The men also had an All-American in the high jump uh, Grant Brower and again those are the ifs and buts he ends up in what a five-way tie for seventh place yep and Coach Wolf, by all accounts, said, you know, he was over the bar clearly on all of those misses, and I saw one photo of it, and yeah, there's about six inches between his torso Mm -hmm. and the bar, but heels clip it or something like that, and you're just, you're, the margin for error at that level, you're not jumping at the door to open
1: anymore. (laughs) No, no, and, and, and it's that small of a margin that separates a tie for seventh from maybe possibly third and, you know, more points, but Grant, a three-time All-American in the high jump, uh, and he's looking forward to the outdoor season.
0: The women's side of things, um, Micah
1: Koistrub, what, third place in a
0: 600? I
1: think it was six. Let me pull it up here. I think it was uh, a sixth-place finish, but she is another one that, you know, she had to run the four-by-four, the four-by-eight. Yep, she finished sixth Okay, with uh, a time that was just off of her prelim time, which was a career best. So to to come back on short rest and do that, great effort by Micah. Uh, Four by eight,
0: runner-up this year.
1: Yes, runner-up finish. Um, the, the ladies there, outstanding job, uh, Shelby Buwalda, Anne-Marie Stoit, Emily Heinen, and Micah all ran the finals of the four by eight. Bethany Tenhaken was in the prelim, but a second place finish it was, and they were behind Grace who won it, but there was a lot of room in between second and third. So it was a second place finish, a solid second place. And the women ended up scoring
0: points and, uh. It just not quite the depth that we have seen in other years. And we'll see what the outdoor season brings. And um, outdoor season scheduled to go to Wayne State in a couple of weeks. Is that it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Not this weekend, but the next one. Wayne okay. State, the end of the we'll see. (laughs) It's a little, well, it's a little
0: further south. You don't know. And uh, a couple 50 degree days can change everyone's mood a little bit, but uh, frost will probably still be in the ground and the hammer throw will get buried in the mush and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I I think you're trying to be optimistic by saying you're going to run track and field in this part of the country in March, but you never know, you might get lucky.
1: Yeah. Um, We've had this meet on the schedule for a number of years and I don't know if we've actually went down to it, but Uh, we'll see we can hope but if not they'll practice and uh, practice isn't always bad either
0: so you were there in Brookings on Thursday Friday and Saturday I was tracking things from home trying as best I could to help out there and then you hopped in a car and headed to Tennessee with the men's tournament while the women were hosting here at the DeWitt Gym, and let's talk about the men and uh, end up with a split. Beat Bethel of Indiana in the first night and then lose to the host school, Freed Hardman, and uh, in talking with Brian Van Haften on Friday morning after they got back, and uh, that was for an interview that we had on Coffee with the Coaches on KSOU, he, he just indicated, you know, it, it was a tough matchup for our team and it was a day where probably didn't feel like played the best. And some of that is due to the opponent you're playing.
1: Oh, definitely. Fried Hardeman had a lot of length and a lot of athleticism. You know, their their guards are six five or taller, and yeah. there's just a lot of length. And they disrupted everything. They were in our field division. They got their hands on a lot of passes and shots and it, offensively it was just off and, and i think you got to credit fred Hardeman for that yeah and uh, coach van haften said you
0: know for bryce and luke they just weren't able to get away from people they and it's it's funny because um, as i was leaving the gym on wednesday night i don't even know what day it is any longer but wednesday night i was leaving the gym and mayville state's head coach said hey how are your men doing and I said, well, we're down six, or I think we were six or eight at that point. And I said, it sounds like offense, it's pretty challenging for us to get into the offensive flow. And it's, um, and he said, you know, every round you, you get a little better. I mean, you face better teams unless you get a fluke. But that's just kind of the way that one felt was – you're playing a team that's a step up, and there's a reason they're
1: hosting. Yeah, most definitely. Freed hard. The, the one thing I will say is defensively and rebounding, we were very right. good. Right. Yeah. And
0: that kept us in it. Yeah. You look at it. You give up what we it was sixty five. You give up sixty five, and you just think that this offense, this team, is going to be able to generate that much offense. But Jake Viss, uh, he wasn't able to get any room to work. The they were able to physically be strong enough to keep him funneled in, and. Yeah, normally I'd like those odds, but 65 points was enough that particular night.
1: It was and you know, we went through a stretch in the first half where it was just even hard to get shots off. Yeah. Uh, we had a few shot clock violations. We battled. We we played yeah. we battled and they didn't give up. Bryce came alive in the second half. He did a nice job, but Just came up short in the end. Yeah,
0: the night before against Bethel, playing a team that traditionally is there, um, they ended up what fifth or sixth in the Crossroads this year, fifth
1: in a very good conference. Yeah,
0: and so I watched that one and I thought, okay, what's what's that going to present? And uh, guys played very well. It appears I got a lead uh, in the second ten minutes of Mm -hmm. the game. And basically, were able to hold on and uh, kept Bethel at bay most of the way.
1: The numbers would uh, portray the defenders played like they had most of the seasons. Five guys in double figures. They shot 65%. So, numbers that we're accustomed to seeing, um, led by uh, Bryce with 29, uh, Jake Viss at 21. But a lot of that game, high scoring, a lot of flow offensively. And, um, Defensively, it was a challenge because Bethel had a really good guard, uh, 40 yeah. points. He really took over in the second half, but by then it was over. Dort had a nice lead. Yeah,
0: So it'll be interesting. Uh, there will be some uh, postseason honors yet to be announced for both the women and the men. Um, I'm hoping Jake Viss has a chance at All-American honors of some sort. It uh, would be great if he could be named to a team, one of the top, I think they go three or four teams deep now with the NAIA. Um, also uh, academic All-American, uh, The um, used to be COSIDA, now the college sports communicators. I think that'll be coming out later this week. Um, full transparency, I think Jake Viss has a very good chance at that, a plus 3.9 GPA and the statistics to go. Along with it, he was a second-team pick last year. I think he and uh, Mason Walters from Jamestown both have very good chances of being in the top ten. And there's a kid from Concordia as well. I think Gage Smith had pretty good uh, GPA as well. So I think there will be a pretty good representation in those if the voting goes the way I feel it will.
1: Yeah, we've talked about Jake and that in this senior season that he's had just a top ten in points and rebounds. Outstanding year and he shot it well and much deserved for Jake if, if those honors come his way. Yep, we will see um I think those will, I think the
0: All American honors will be sometime next week and I think the academic all American honors will be sometime this week. And the women's side as well. Let's talk about that. They had two other uh, seasons still going. They'll be in Sioux City on Tuesday evening for the round of six They're playing Montana Western. Uh, Very little in terms of crossovers to compare it to. You you like to do that, but uh, very little. I think the one common opponent would be Dickinson State. Dort played them in Orange City, if I remember correctly. And I think Montana Western actually played Dickinson State more than once over the course of this year. So that's the one common opponent. And quite honestly, uh, I think you get to this point, it's fifty-fifty, and uh, see if uh, the defenders can uh, get things going. The last game of the uh, round of sixteen on Tuesday evening.
1: In that Mayville State game, kind of a slow start, but the, the defenders really took control later on.
0: Yeah, I thought there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of nerves and tightness, and a little bit of okay, we're supposed to win. Why aren't we winning right now? And I'm reminded again, and I. Comparatively, you watch a high school game; it's thirty-two minutes, and those minutes it seems can go can go so fast. In the college game, it's forty minutes, and it, it, a two-minute stretch in the first quarter does not necessarily dictate how that entire game will go. And that really, to me, was what the case was against Mayville State. Um,
1: overall experience of hosting the first
0: round—you uh, know—it was it was great. It was a lot of work. We had good fan support. Um, We'd love to have our students here on campus when it's happening. I mean, we're in the midst of spring break, and we still had a nice group of students, but it's not nearly what you would have. But I'm, I'm guessing... 90% of the field is like that. Was Freed Hardman on spring break, or were they still in session? They
1: were still in session and had a great student section. Sure,
0: and so that's one thing that, I mean, that would be the one thing that, in a perfect world, would be nice. Um, I will say Trent Rosa did a great job as a facilities director here at Dort, making sure everything went smoothly. Uh, You have three visiting teams and coaches coming in with very different expectation levels for how things are going to be run. And uh, I think everyone went away, at least I hope everyone went away, feeling like they were treated professionally and welcomed and well. And no, it's not going to be a neutral site. I mean, that's the reality of it. It's not going to be a neutral game site. But you want to give the opponents at least the, the sense that they're not getting homered and you're not playing games with them. And I don't think we did that.
1: Awesome. And, and, you know, providing live stats, providing the video production piece with the Dort Media Network and your audio, I'm sure Dort uh, did well hosting it. I, I,
0: I certainly hope so. And I hope that the opportunity to, uh, I hope the opportunity to host again next year is a possibility. Um, we're going to be, I mean, I, I think it's public knowledge. Now the DeWitt gym is going to be undergoing a renovation in the coming two years, really. And, um, I'm not sure what things look like at the end of the basketball season next year and how quickly we can get all of that turned around. And I mean, what's that look like? But I certainly think that we, I don't think we did anything to say where a team is going to be saying, man, we don't want to go back there. Right. I mean, we weren't treated well. I, uh, I'm hopeful that that wasn't the case. I'm
1: sure it wasn't. The one issue is, of course, the weather. You yeah. know, you never know what you're going to get around here.
0: Yeah, well, and we see that with sub-freezing sub sub, uh, sub freezing temps once again here on March 13. Um, that's basketball, and uh, by the time this week is over, uh, the basketball season will be concluded. So i um, interested to see how things go for the Dort defenders over the next couple of days. Baseball and softball are in action, and uh, the baseball team uh, – Up and down, played a very good team. Anytime you play a Florida team, uh, you're going to be in for challenges simply because they're getting outdoor reps all season long. But the defenders have acquitted themselves quite well against other Midwestern teams. Beat Cornerstone, beat Kansas Christian. uh, Lost two games, and uh, those games are to a team that are escaping me right now. Roosevelt, Yeah, that one... Though the first game there, I think lost 13 to 10, uh, forced extra innings and then lost and then also lost to Ave Maria, team out of Ave Maria, Florida. Um, so yeah, playing Warner out of Lake Quails, Florida later on today, and uh, that will determine whether the defenders uh, are above 500 or below 500 coming back from that baseball trip.
1: I printed off the stats for this eight-game stretch. They're going four and four. Things that stick out, 316 batting average, 10 home runs. That's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, led by Dylan Stanley, who yep. continues to have a great year. Hitting, He's hitting 500, uh down in Florida. He's 9 of 18, so a lot of at-bats, a home run, five RBIs. He continues to have a great season. Yeah,
0: he has, uh, he has really. And he started off last year well and then hit a little bit of a tough stretch towards the end of the year. But uh, I think he learned some things from that. He continued to put in the work, and uh, Coach uh, Coach Bacon has indicated uh, you just want good things for someone like that because he, uh, I believe, Dylan has realized there is no shortcut. Um, you just you put in the reps, you do the work, and you give yourselves a you give yourself a chance at least.
1: Definitely. Um, the, another thing to just keep in mind for defender baseball and softball right now: you're just trying to get as good as you can by the time. conference play starts yeah
0: conference play is set to begin it's supposed to begin this friday and saturday Uh, we are not going to be playing in sioux center on friday march 17 we know that those games likely will get pushed back to an open date uh the games with morningside maybe they get moved to sioux city we don't know for sure yet uh Obviously, things will get fleshed out much more when the uh, coaches and players are local. And then the following weekend down in Fremont, March 24 and 25, we're supposed to split those four games up, supposed to host two on Friday, supposed to host, uh, pardon me, be on the road with two in Fremont on Saturday. Uh, I think if we're able to play those in Fremont, those are going to get played basically four games on Friday and Saturday in
1: Fremont next week the fun already starting with, yeah. with the old spring schedule
0: well and the, the, the that's that's the that's the reality of where we live is consistently good weather Got to get about to April 10 around here. That's, yeah. I mean, you, you've been in this area a long time. I've been here as well. That's that's the reality of you. You have to get to about April 10, and then you start to think, okay, 60s might be attainable on a regular basis, and the chances of uh, really cold stretches are
1: over but we've got a little time to get to April 10 yet oh yeah we got a we got another month yet to go but hopefully we can play on our home field uh, eventually for baseball
0: and that and that is not to say that you can't get a nice stretch of weather and uh, so, I mean five days of uh, three days of 50 degrees makes things look a tremendous uh, way different. But, uh, we got frost on the ground. We got snow on the ground. We're gonna have to get that taken care of before we are able to play games in Sioux County the way it looks to me. Softball team, uh, great start to the year. Abby Kramer has been good on the mound. They've gotten good pitching from Haley Wilkin as well, and they've been scoring enough runs to uh, build what a fifteen and four record at this point. I think it's fifteen and four, seven and three down in Florida right now. Yeah, and, they feel like a couple with Judson got away, and the reality is Abby Kramer probably can't pitch every inning of every game, so that's kind of where we're at with that.
1: She's been pretty good, Mike, 4-1 uh, and one with an ERA of 1.4. She had a nice scoreless string uh, in a couple of games, I believe, pitching two shutouts, has a save. She's been as good as what she has been. She's been doing this her whole career here.
0: Yeah, and so and then scoring just enough runs. I think it's Ella Coster. She's swinging yep. the hottest bat at this point. Uh, she left. She had a great indoor season, if you will, in February, and uh, really she's done well down in Florida as well.
1: Hitting four nineteen, couple of home runs, nine RBIs. Um, Ivy Terpstra, another good run producer, a couple of home runs, nine RBIs for Ivy as well.
0: So, And they uh, once they get back from Florida, they will not pick up play until the 25th. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, That's 12 days away. I'm not going to predict anything at this point, and we'll see if we need to juggle things around. So uh, I think that's it, men's and women's golf. Uh, They are golfing in Oklahoma, a couple of meets this weekend, and then they... Uh, get back local as well and that obviously uh, you go down you go south a little bit into Kansas or potentially Oklahoma you might get some meets in I don't know that it's realistic to think they're going to be playing in the Lincoln area on the 24th and 25th Mm -hmm. but uh, they might rework that schedule and uh, if they do we'll uh, keep it uh, we'll keep juggling it as we go and it all ends with the GPAC championships in uh, early April at the Bluffs in Vermillion South Dakota for the women and i believe it is uh, pardon me for the men and i believe the women go to the Spencer Golf and Country Club right. as well so uh, that's what's happening right now did uh, i'm trying to think through our scheduling i don't think we missed anything i think everything's in the books right men's volleyball well, there you go. Men's volleyball was in California last week. They went 3 and 1, lost their one match to nationally rated Menlo. And Menlo is a team that uh played USC and actually took a set from USC. So gives you a little idea of the uh level of competition you are facing. Um also in that week uh did not sweep anyone. I think went 3 and 1 with yep, Went three and one with Merced and Simpson. Oh no, I'm sorry, with uh, Simpson and
1: Pac- Pacific, Union. Pacific
0: Union in Angwin, California, and went three one three two with Merced. Yes, that was the one correct. where they had to come from three one down, and that one was a little iffy. And uh, the men's volleyball team in a position now where you do not want to stub your toe at this point. I mean, they have the they have the opportunity to move higher in the coaches' ratings, which Uh, There's only 12 teams that make the National Championship final site, and we have the opportunity to win our way in with the conference tournament. But you certainly don't want to – you want to keep winning matches and uh, continue to set yourself well. It's going to be a little bit of a strange schedule moving forward. They come back, they play two matches against Ottawa and Morningside on the road, and then they're likely going to have a little time uh, before they play in the semifinal round on March 29 in the GPAC postseason tournament.
1: Nice thing about this California trip is night in, night out. You got to come to play. Yeah, this is high level volleyball out there, and the defenders are representing themselves really well, doing a nice job.
0: Yeah, and they felt that they had to go outside of their footprint to play uh, some of those teams. Uh, They also had a match scheduled with Mount Mercy earlier. Uh, that was going to be played out in March, but uh, that has been uh, removed from the schedule. Mount Mercy in the top 12 of the ratings, and I'm not sure what all went into that decision, but I do know it wasn't Dort that called okay. that match off. So um, I'm not sure <laughs> the dynamics of why that match was called off, but it was, and uh, you can't force a team to make a trip if they don't want to. And so that's uh, that's where that is at. Kind of a spotty schedule moving forward for the men's volleyball team. So good catch on that, Matt. They've been they've been out of mind, uh, out of sight, and you kind of lose track of them. Even though I've uh, been keeping track on the statistical side of things, they haven't played since Friday of last week, and that seems like a long time ago already. I think that is it now. I think we're good. Yeah. So uh, we will catch up again probably later in the week after the women's national championship. Uh, whenever this run concludes, hopefully it's not until next Monday that we talk about it, but uh, that is the reality at this point. It is win or be finished, and uh, the Defender Women uh, in action on Tuesday. Baseball and softball wrapping up their play in Florida this uh, for uh, today as well as we are on Monday, March 13. That's going to do it for Matt Boss. and Mike Biker. Have a great week.